When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Darn right it is. Welcome to a new week. Welcome to a football Monday. Welcome to Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. And, of course, on the ESPN app, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. I am Christopher O'Hara Carlin. He is Joseph Harrison Fortenbaugh fourth, And we are here to entertain joseph good morning how goes the battle oh what a battle it was your boy took quite a bath on that tyson fury fight on saturday had him by kotko dq if you haven't seen by now he won on the cards and that may have been a bit generous but i had a lot of fancy footwork to get back to where i needed to be on sunday and that fancy footwork came through so i am even steven coming into the morning but it's not about me big man it's a little bit about you because you went to texas for the world series how was it did you try anything delectable uh yeah tried a few things delectable i gotta say that boomstick burger is not for me i saw that thing and i'm like i'm out and i sent you guys a picture of it that that looked like a complete mess you know it's aggressive it was too aggressive it was quite aggressive but let me tell you something you can get a myriad of sausages hot dogs at the at globe life field and that's gonna work for the big man how That's many different cool. hot dog options are out there? How many possible different hot, do- hot dog they, options can they you They had brats. They had smoked sausage. They had all kinds of different stuff to work with. And that was more than enough for me. And here's the other thing. Many, many, many of those seats in that building, you can order from your phone. And oh, how do you boy. think that worked for me? Ooh. God forbid we burn a single calorie going to get the food. We want to stay calorie neutral until the food arrives. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? I burned it all later on Friday night with the end of that game, which was nuts. And one of the great sporting events I've ever attended in person fizzled out a little bit Saturday night, but that's okay. That's all right. It was it was an awesome trip. I had a lot of fun doing it, and I'm glad that I did it. it was We're cool. glad to hear it. We're glad to hear it. We're glad to have you back. We got a big NFL Monday here. I hope you're ready. I'm going to need every bit of the A game from Christopher Carlin today. All right. You should have let me know. Uh, listen, right, yeah. be a part of the Carlin <laughs> versus Joe Nation on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Call us at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the one fans deserve. Joe, it's so funny. Here we are at week eight of the year, and it just once again shows that as much as we all feel like we know every single thing about the league, and as right as you were on some of these games yesterday, I'll give you all the credit in the world about that. In some instances, we just know nothing. We, we see a team that gave up 70 points 
several weeks ago that all of a sudden only gives up nine to the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. We see the Philadelphia Eagles giving up points, giving up nearly 400 yards passing to Sam Howell, yet they find a way in that game to win. I look around the league, and it's very difficult today for me to try to figure out who the best team in the league is, Joe. And for my money... I still got to roll with the team that consistently finds a way to win week in and week out, and that's the team that's 7-1, and one, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, I'll tell you, this has been an awesome NFL season, has it not? Because it has. this is what we want. This is what, let's be honest, this is what we want. In college football at times, it can be a little top-heavy, although this year college football has been extraordinary yes. because it feels like there's more than just two options out there that can win the national championship. In the NBA, you know, we can't, we're, we're still kind of in the aftermath of that warrior dynasty where it was Warriors-LeBron every year, and I know people wanted some variety there. So at times we get caught up in not having a lot of challenges for the championship, and it feels like, you know, it's all a foregone conclusion. This year, no Sari Bob. You can make a case for a lot of teams. And just when you feel as if a couple teams might be solidifying themselves, there's a reality check that brings us all back down to earth. So you're still going with Philadelphia as the top team in the NFL. If you were to say, based on everything you've seen today, the Eagles are the best team in the NFL. They are. And the reason is, Joe, it's quite simply, they, quite simple. They keep putting the W's in the win column. They, they keep... Well, that's important. Them. That's an important aspect of a team that's going to win a championship. Got to have some W's. (laughs) Yes. But the point is, like, even when they are not at their best, all right, they lost the Jet game. I understand that. Even when they're not at their best, we, we talked about the fact extensively on Thursday and Friday about how that was going to be a very difficult game for them on the road because the commanders have played them so well. And it may be 38-31, and you might look at it and say, how do the commanders do that and how four touchdowns and all that stuff? Bottom line is they still found a way to win. And that's what good teams do, especially when they're on the road. We've, we've certainly talked about that plenty. But they, they have some issues. I'm not going to skirt around that. But I would argue that they have less less issues than everybody else in the league at the moment, and that's why I'm riding with Philadelphia. I can see that. And I think any team you're going to make a case for as the best team in the business, there's there's going to be issues, right? Like, say, for example, you want to pitch Cincinnati after what they did yesterday. People are going to bring up the beginning of the season. Yeah. Say you want to pitch Baltimore. We're going to talk about letdowns against Indianapolis and Pittsburgh. Say you want to pitch Miami. Turns out every big game they're in, they've come up on the wrong end of it, right? So there's going to be a downside to everybody. I'd still pick Kansas City. That's who I'd put number one. And people are going to say, how can you possibly like the Chiefs after they got beat by Denver yesterday? This isn't college football. You don't need to go undefeated. I understand teams are going to lose games throughout the course of the season. That game yesterday was your classic outlier scenario. All right? Mahomes and the the offense commit five turnovers in that game. They looked miserable. But there's a reason for it. There's several. Number one, Mahomes wasn't feeling all that great. He was sick going into the game. It's not to make an excuse. It's one thing when a team plays bad because they're bad. It's one team when a really one thing when a really good team plays poorly and there's an excuse like that. In addition, historically, that's a bad spot. You know, if you watch Daily Wager, ESPN2 happen to appear on it time to time. You know, we'll be on today at 4 p.m. Eastern. I picked Denver last week. People thought I was nuts, but That's a historically tough spot for the spot Kansas City was in. You're rematching a divisional rival within three weeks, okay? In the last 10 years, teams that have done that, the team that lost the first battle, Denver, 
They turn around and they cover the spread over 60% of the time the next time out. They play a much more competitive game. All right, they make the adjustments, and that's what we saw from Denver. Denver played well in that matchup, right? And they were at home. So I look at Kansas City and I say to myself, yeah, that was a bit of a dud, but they still held the Broncos to 240 total yards in that game. All right, the defense came to play, and quietly, this defense is currently sixth in the NFL in defensive EPA. That's expected points added. We won't go into the details of what that means. It's just an advanced metric that's a little bit better than points allowed or yardage right. given up. I'd still stick with Kansas City as the top team because that defense isn't getting nearly enough credit for how good they've been this year. I totally agree with that premise. I think the Kansas City defense is never going to get the shine because of the quarterback on the yep. other, the quarterback on on the offense. Okay, Patrick Mahomes is a superstar. Travis Kelsey is a superstar. They're always going to get the majority of the attention. Steve Spagnuolo has, I would argue, the best defense that he's had in Kansas City. Period. Now, having said that, am I allowed to question Patrick Mahomes a little bit for a moment? All right. Well, I'll that? indulge. Pat, who, uh, 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 Pat, uh, who leads the league right now, Joseph, in interceptions? It's Patrick Mahomes and Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo. Really? I, I did not. Normally, I'd play the, oh, wow, I didn't know that. I, I did not know that. Mahomes has the most interceptions in the NFL? Yes. Mahomes and Garoppolo both. Garoppolo's only played in like two games. Well, yeah, you know what? Well, That's a, we'll talk about him later. He's yeah. got a big one tonight. Uh, uh, Garoppolo, he, there's a bunch of others. Howell, Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts, that all have eight interceptions. Wow. I, I just want to point out that through eight games, you look at Mahomes' touchdowns-interceptions ratio, this is not what we usually get, okay? He might throw double-digit interceptions. We understand that's going to happen with Patrick Mahomes. He's got 15-8 and eight right now. Joe, he's nowhere near on the pace of the, what he's been the last couple of years. He's nowhere near. His touchdowns would be way down, and his interceptions would be way up. So we're talking about a season right now, and, and I think for a lot of quarterbacks, they'd like this season, of, you know, 31 touchdowns, 16 picks. I mean, that's, that's, that's a solid number. Those aren't Mahomesian. Would we agree on that? So We would agree. Yeah. So I just would say that I'm not blaming him completely. I think Patrick Mahomes takes some chances sometimes where this year he does not have the help that's necessary uh, to be able to take those chances. And I think we are actually seeing it. So I'm not blaming Patrick completely, but I think what we're seeing for the first time is, while we didn't see it last year, this year, those weapons are not nearly as good as they have been, and maybe we need to start factoring that in a bit more. Without a shadow of a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt. I'm curious to see between now and tomorrow's trade deadline if they go out and try to make another move for a wide receiver. I know they just brought back Miko Hardman from the Jets, but I'm very interested to see if they try to make one more move with somebody who may be shall we say, not necessarily in, in contender status yeah. because that's a team that could use some firepower. You can't look in the mirror and assess the fact that you've put together this good of a defense for this season with Mahomes as your quarterback and not get aggressive to address the one concern you have right now, which is some additional firepower on offense. Look, on the, on the Eagles front, for me, I can't argue that Jalen Hurts has not played like he did last season. Too many fumbles. As an Eagle fan, too many fumbles. Too many fumbles. Interceptions, too. He's got eight. And he also does not look right because he is limping all over the place. Yeah. Having said that, 
this group is still finding ways. And that's all that matters right now. Where I, where I do worry about the Eagles, Joe, is are they going to run out of gas here at some point? I, I feel like that might be a problem. But for the moment, give me Philadelphia over everybody else for the very simple reason that they have found a way week in and week out. Yeah. And you know what? As an Eagle fan, it's been great to see the wins, but they have played with fire quite a bit this season. They got burned in the Jets game and at some point in a big time matchup. And oh, by the way, they do have the Cowboys this weekend. At some point, it's going to get them. They, 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 they cannot afford to start as slow as they did yesterday because they just decided the hot tub was a little too warm for them. You got to get in there and you got to start making plays early. You knew Washington was going to have your number and you closed it out strong. But that was a very, very lackluster first half. Two fumbles inside the five yard line yesterday. You do that against a good team, you're eliminated from the playoffs. Carla versus Joe, presented by Progressive Insurance, should be a ton of concern in San Francisco. And not just because Mr. Irrelevant looks like Mr. Irrelevant. That's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Purdy back to throw. Here comes Hendrickson. He's got him. The ball's out. C.J. Hill recovers. No penalty flag this time, and that'll do it. Obviously, I want to be better, you know, for this team, for this organization, just taking care of the ball in some crucial parts of the games. In terms of you have three losses, and as a quarterback, you take a lot. I take that on myself. I think our guys need to be pissed off a little bit. I think we need to come back with a little better focus because it hasn't been enough. We haven't been getting it done. Last three games, three touchdowns, five interceptions for Brock Purdy. Not coincidentally, 49ers are 0-3 in that stretch. Not to mention the fumble turnovers. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. As quickly as we crowned Brock Purdy, he has taken that crown and thrown it on the ground because right now this has turned into a mess for the San Francisco 49ers. I can't figure out 
what's going on here, not just with Purdy. The defense is not playing particularly well. And I get it. Debo Samuel's out, and that makes a big difference, Joe. But the 49ers, uh, uh, they should not be playing this poorly right now. They Yes, credit the Bengals. You were all over this last week. You said this was going to be a Cincinnati win. The 49ers are rattled. And you would think that coming off of a game where you lose on the road to the Minnesota Vikings, that you would be angry. You would be ticked off. And that's not what happened. Unbelievable to me that the 49ers are playing as poorly as they are. It's been a struggle. You know, yesterday you're facing a very good opponent who's off a bye. You're off back-to-back road games. You just played on Monday night, so it's a short week. You're banged up. The lack of prep time. Things like this happen. They get mixed into the schedule, and sometimes you're able to rise above and overcome, and sometimes you get caught. It's it's not the end of the world. You know, in, in a vacuum, it wouldn't be that big of a deal, but as the third piece of a three-game losing streak, now we're going to sit up and pay attention because Cleveland's okay, and Minnesota's not very good, and while the Bengals are good, they haven't been great this season. So now we're going to sit up and take notice, and what you can notice is very, very clear. The last three games, the Niners haven't held the ball very long, and a lot of people will tell you now in this day and age, time of possession doesn't matter because teams like Miami can put up 500 yards in 22 minutes like they did against the Giants. Yeah. It doesn't matter as much. For the Niners, it matters. It matters very much because that's their style of play. They held the ball for 26 minutes against Cleveland. They held it for 25 minutes against Minnesota. And they held it for 28 minutes against Cincinnati. That's not Niner football. Anyone who watches UFC, there are certain styles make fights scenarios where one guy would very much prefer the fight to be on the ground. One guy would very much prefer the fight to be standing. And you see the chess match in terms of who's going to be able to dictate tempo and control the style of the fight. The Niners are always very good when they get to play their style of football. They come out, they take up a lot of time moving down the field. They run the ball on you. They they have a lot of short bubble passes in which very good yak receivers take the ball and pick up yardage. They get a lead. And then in the second half, this is the key. With that lead, they run the ball down your throat, they keep their defense rested, and in the fourth quarter, because you're trailing, the defense, A, knows you're going to be throwing the ball so they can adjust their defense accordingly, and then B, they can pin their ears back because they're rested and they can rush the crap out of you and knock your quarterback to the ground. That's Niner football. The problem is when you knock them off schedule and you don't allow them to play that way, you expose them. You can beat them. And that's what's happened in the last three games. They've either been playing from behind or they've been playing very close like they were in the Cleveland game. And you're not guessing defensively what the other team's going to do. You're not able to necessarily run the ball as much as you would like to. And now you kind of get exposed a bit. It's not to say that the team itself has been exposed and they can't win. It's just this is how you beat them. This is how you beat them. If they're not playing from in front, they're not able to do what they want to do. And when they get caught playing from behind oftentimes they're in a lot of trouble because they're not built to come from behind. Miami can come from behind. Philadelphia can come from behind. Kansas City can come from behind. Niners aren't necessarily built as that type of team. They're not, but I do wonder what kind of a difference it makes. No Trent Williams, but also specifically no Debo Samuel right now. Would the Niners be better constructed to do that if Debo Samuel was healthy? at the moment i i think so it's not like purdy's out there laying an egg completely it's just the interceptions have 
killed them. The turnovers have been particularly costly. I mean, think about this. These five interceptions he's thrown in the last three games are more than he had in the first 14 of his career. (laughs) I mean, this is a guy that dismantled the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. Dismantled them, made them look silly. And all the way around, there, there, there are so many parts of the 49ers that I, I would look at and say, well, I think they are capable of playing from behind if they had their full complement. Because while they've had some success in games like Dallas where they are playing from ahead, I don't think Purdy at his best, Joe, is just a game manager. Are we at that point right now where we are going to – commit to the idea that Brock Purdy cannot bring you back in a game. No, 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 no. We're just okay, showing that's what you it what it feels like at the moment. No, we're, what we're doing right now is we're highlighting the problem the Niners are having in this three-game losing streak. The Niners aren't out of contention. The Niners aren't frauds. It's nothing no. like that. No, the no, Niners no. are having a problem over this three-game stretch because teams have figured out how to make them uncomfortable. And in three games where they've been uncomfortable, they haven't been able to flip the script. There are times where they'll do it. I'm not mailing in on Purdy. I do think Purdy's lost a little bit of that swagger and confidence. He was hanging his head quite a bit yesterday. That's telling. I want to keep my eye on that. And to your point on Debo, you're right. If the Niners are fully healthy, yes, it's going to be easier to come back. The problem is that this is the NFL. Everybody's banged up. Everybody's going to lose players. Guys are going to go down. You got to do what you can to rise above that. The Super Bowl winner and the Super Bowl loser are generally two of the healthiest teams in the NFL. Last year, Philly and Kansas City were two of the absolute healthiest teams in the NFL. That's a huge part towards winning a championship. Huge. So how much of the last three games, aside from the health, do you now look at the 49ers differently? Like if you, if we rated them, let's just hypothetically say a a month ago, we rated them as a nine, like after that Cowboys game, right? Nine out of 10. Where would you have them right now? A better way for me to do it would be I saw them as the best team in the NFC, and I saw it as a, I'm not going to say a significant step above Philly, but it wasn't a 1A, 1B sort of thing. There was a 1, and Philly was the 2. And now I've moved them to 2, and I'm wondering how close they are to Philadelphia. And Philly's got its problems. But I've seen this from Shanahan almost every single year. He's had... He, he has spells almost every season where the team struggles. Last year, it was early in the season. We've seen it almost every year. The team has gone through rough patches, and then they find a way to rebound. So if you're assessing the Niners for what they're worth right now, uh, their odds to win the division, to win the NFC, I wouldn't be checking out on them. They're still very formidable. They're okay. just showing us at this point in time, they're not as you know bulletproof as they were earlier. earlier. But, but if the Lions go out and throttle the Raiders tonight. No, that doesn't. I'm sorry. I still saw the Lions get rocked in Baltimore. Okay. Still saw them get rocked in Baltimore. The Lions have taken that number three spot. I'm happy to put them above Dallas in a three spot. I am not elevating you above a team that's been in the NFC Championship multiple times over the last few years because you beat up on the Raiders. Uh, The Lions are a good story. All right, but here's then the question. If they are number two, who is closest then? Is it the Lions? Is it the Cowboys? It's the Lions. Yeah, the Cowboys get no credit for beating up on the Rams yesterday. What about the Seahawks? The Seahawks are fine, too. No, 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 no. Let me tell you something about the Seahawks. I have – I talked about this on Daily Wager yesterday. I somehow have found my way into wagering on, like, every Seahawks game this season. I have no idea how it's happened. I watch way too much Seattle football. They are way too sloppy. 
way too sloppy. They are sloppy in the red zone. They are constantly trying to give games away. Yesterday, P.J. Walker went out there and handed them that football game. Handed it to them at the end of the game. They should never have won that. They sh- they they found a way to offensively to try to give it away against Arizona last week. Seattle's a nice story. They are not going to be a threat in the postseason. Well, I got to tell you, Joe, we are just a little bit more than 24 hours away from the trade deadline. And if the Dallas Cowboys make this one move, they will vault ahead of the 49ers. Oh, that's a tease. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Stafford, he throws it to the left, picked off by Bland. He's done it again. Look at me, Ma, I came back home. A house call for Deron Bland. Looking downfield, throw it in the end zone, touchdown. C.D. Lamb, 22 yards, and his second touchdown of the day. Winning home is really one of the oldest formulas in pro football. I mean, if you take care of your home turf, you know, you're going to probably be where you want to be at the end of the year. I want to make sure Micah Parsons is happy, Joe. The last thing we want to do is upset him. Hey, good job. That was a game you were supposed to win, and they went out and won it. And listen, frankly... I was sitting there on Friday saying this is a this is a tough tough matchup for the Cowboys because I think the Rams at least I did on Friday I thought they were better than indicated and clearly well, I'd say two things number one they're not and secondly the Cowboys did what they were supposed to do they pounded and put up 43 points and listen Micah wants that same energy for when they win and for when other teams lose here you go here's your energy I hope you feel better. You handled your business. You handled your business. It's what good teams do. There are plenty of teams that come off that bye and fall flat on their face, and they look around, and it's hands up, and we don't understand. In the college football ranks, did you see Purdue at Nebraska? Purdue off the bye went to Nebraska. One of the worst performances in the history of college football. And sure, there's probably some hyperbole in there. And sure, it may have burned me in one way, shape, or form, which is why I'm throwing it in now. But that that <laughs> performance was disgusting. Can we, Absolutely disgusting to have two weeks to get ready for a game and play like that. Let, let's go behind the curtain for a second. 
right there was a lot of pain behind the eyes that he just wanted to get a shot in on Purdue at some yeah. point. Because if you in America thought that Joe was about to make a Purdue-Nebraska comparison to what happened with the Cowboys yesterday, you should go out and buy a damn lottery ticket because I <laughs> never saw that coming. And no. it makes me think my boy had a – I know he said it, but maybe this Saturday was a little bit tougher than we all expected it to be. Yeah, and that game was never that that game was never had a shot. That that was you know what I'll give them credit. They never had me believing they were in that game. I didn't have to stick around for four quarters to see how that one was gonna get it gonna end. But let's get back to the topic at hand, which is the Cowboys. Mike McCarthy, for all the heat he takes from a lot of people, myself included, I want to make sure he gets his flowers when they're due, as we're saying in this segment. I want to make sure because he deserves it. He has been brilliant throughout his career coming off the bye. And, and that game yesterday was no different. Dating back to his time as the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, Mike McCarthy is now 12-5 straight up, 13-3-1 against the spread when coming off his bye week. His team looked rested. They looked prepared. They looked efficient. They went right down the field and scored a touchdown to start the game. They stepped all over the Rams in that matchup early and then pretty much buried them. The Rams had a little bit of a fight, a little bit of that dead cat bounce, as we'll talk about late second, early third, to try to get back in it. But the Cowboys squashed them. So, you know, we can say what we want about the Rams. They're not terrible. They're not great. They're right in the middle. But the Cowboys handled their business. And for as much heat as they can take at times, they deserve some credit where credit is due. Listen. I, I look at the Cowboys, and that was a game. You put up 40, and even Aaron Donald had a pretty good game, and you still did that. I mean, that is – I can't quite bring myself to use the word impressive. That was a solid above-average Sunday. That That's exactly what that was. But then it brings you to the fact that tomorrow afternoon is the trade deadline. And, Joe, there is something that can happen that – I fully believe would put them over the top in terms of the 49ers right now, better team, and a legit shot to go to the Super Bowl. Legit. Okay. This is me saying this. All right. Because a couple weeks ago, I'm just saying, hey, you're an also-ran. You do this, you all of a sudden change everything. I first want to hear Evan Cohen's take on it, though, because he thinks – the very same thing, that they should do this one move. He and I, however, do not agree on what that move is. Here he is this morning on Sportsmanlike. Ezekiel Elliott has actually been in an awful year for the Patriots, has actually been excellent for New England. In the in the limited time he's been in there, he's been excellent. That's the guy. That's the guy. If, I, if, if New England theoretically would ever put him on the market and they're looking for a fourth rounder, I'm just making this up for him. If you're Dallas, because of the familiarity and the seamless transition, offer a third overpay for Ezekiel Elliott right now because you're actually going to get him on a good deal. They need someone like Ezekiel Elliott early on. <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott would be someone who's like Ezekiel Elliott right uh, now. A couple, couple things here. Evan's a Patriots fan. He wants them to overpay for Ezekiel Elliott. So let's be clear on that. Number two, Ezekiel Elliott. Excellent. 3.9 a carry this year. He's only getting eight touches a game. Am I going to get that worked up by that? He's been okay. He might be better than you would have thought, but he's not doing anything special. Joe, the Cowboys go and get Derrick Henry. They're in the NFC Championship game and quite possibly winning it because he's got a lot left. And by the way, you could get Derrick Henry for that third-round pick. 
maybe a second, but for that third-round pick. If you're going to ask me to overpay for somebody, I mean, Derrick Henry, even over the last year and a half, is still averaging over 100 yards a game. I mean, how do I not try to make that move with the Tennessee Titans? And maybe Tennessee, you know, they've told him they don't want to trade him away, but I think that's more of anything else, just a ploy to make teams raise the price a little bit. And I know how good Will Levis played yesterday, and you want to continue to help his development. I'm sorry. I would absolutely, absolutely, if I were Jerry Jones, make that move because that puts me in the NFC Championship. A lot to unpack here. I'm going to start with this. Did you play the Cohen audio just so you could burn him? Yes. You didn't even indulge his thought on Ezekiel Elliott. You simply played the audio just so you could crap on it and then move on to your suggestion, which I'll get to your suggestion in a second. Mm -hmm. But did he just show up on this show so that you could bury his take and then move on? Yes. Okay, Mm -hmm. job well done. I kind of like that. (laughs) Kind of like a little that. respect in that. I, I, was, when I, I tried to play it as if it was a legitimate take, but then no, let's just bury it and move on. Exactly. Right. Cause I'm looking through his game logs and I'm studying Zeke and I'm listening to Evan. I'm like, all right, I can understand what he's going for here. So often we go for the big home run swing. And a lot of times we, we overlook what teams actually do, which is just try to make a small upgrade here and there because it's not as easy to pull off the home run, run swing. So I was trying to convince myself of like how Zeke would work. You crapped on it. You didn't even bother asking what I thought because you you clearly could not have cared less what he had to say. It was just a springboard for your bigger, more grandiose take. Is that what happened? These are the ABCs of me, baby. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's where we are. But I do care about what you think. We'll see about that. We'll see about that. Okay. (laughs) The the Henry thing, without a a shadow of a doubt, would be a massive upgrade for this team. Being able to take the burden off Dak, being Henry's the type of guy that we talked about this with the Niners earlier. He helps you dictate tempo. You're forced to play his team's style of football. When you're pounding it between the tackles and you're grinding down the clock and you're forcing defenses to crowd the box to limit him only so you can go play action and take a shot down the field, you get stuck playing someone else's brand of football. You don't get to play your own. Derrick Henry's a tone setter type player. That would be huge for Dallas because you're not going to put it in Dak's hands for four quarters because you know what's going to happen. It's not Mahomes, right? So you got to make adjustments there. And this is a guy that can cover up some of Mike McCarthy's shortcomings as well. The problem is whether or not Dallas would even think to do this, whether or not they'd get aggressive for something like this. Jerry was too busy telling everyone last week, if you want to deal with the Cowboys, you got to call him. He's not calling you. So what would make you think that something that makes so much sense that could really help this team possibly get over the hump, what would make you think that they're even going to pursue it? Oh, it, nothing makes me think they're going to pursue it. I'm <laughs> saying they should pursue Here's it. Here's what they should do. Exactly. Here's what they won't do. It, well, it, I, I, I'm not going to say they won't, but... All of that from Jerry was crap last week, right? If he's trying to lay out some sort of, I mean, he called DeMarcus where DeMarcus Lawrence yesterday as he's getting into the ring of honor. Okay, listen, Jerry is, there are times where he zooms in and out of reality, and that was not a a realistic scenario that if you want to make a trade with the Cowboys, you have to call us. Um, Do you think the Cowboys will pursue something of that scale by tomorrow. Now, in case, just keep this in mind. Uh, on the Henry front, Adam Schefter reported this weekend that he has to, they have to get his contract reworked by 4 p.m. today in order for him to be traded by 4 p.m. tomorrow. 
the Cowboys don't strike me as a team that would understand what it would take to get that deal done. I, I don't I don't view them as players in that market because I, I think maybe even if they had the conversation, you might have Baltimore or maybe Detroit, who we've talked about a little bit, or somebody else who would be savvier in what they would offer and how they could get it done. I think the Cowboys, it's too much hubris, too much. We're the biggest and the baddest in the business. We're America's team. We offer this to you. You should be grateful. Whereas someone else could slide in there and get savvy. Howie Roseman makes savvy moves. When was the last time Dallas swung any sort of deal that really impressed you via a draft trade, via anything in free agency? Like what was the last big move they made that was worth it? They, they signed Zeke to that extension that was just ridiculous. Most people saw that being a problem. What have they done? What have they done that would lead you to believe they'd be able to pull something like this off? Uh, I would say the last one would be Herschel Walker. <laughs> okay so there's some history on their side it might not be so recent but yeah they've, yeah. they've... <laughs> of course that was 35 Walker. years ago or <laughs> 25 years ago whatever it was better than the jets claiming Namath. fair it's carla even versus, further ago carla versus joe espn radio we're presented by progressive insurance 888-ESPN is the dr pepper call in line 888-729-3776 we all lost yesterday with the way that one team won we will explain carlin versus joe on espn radio this is the carlin versus joe podcast on espn radio seconds with no timeouts to have to drive at the length and our defense was playing really good all game so listen it's a fair assumption to ask our guy zach wilson to throw another horrible interception or to you know take another horrible sack i mean that's like the saying that you're going to be able to breathe later but joe i mean there are bad losses, and there are what happens. There is what happened to the New York Giants yesterday to lose to the Jets 13 to 10 in a slop fest where, frankly, yeah, the Giants lost, but America lost. We all lost. Having to watch that, that was a nightmare. I don't know why I thought this game was going to look any different. I really don't. I, I don't know how I could have had any sort of vision other than exactly what that game was yesterday. That was tough to watch. It was a game where no one asked for overtime and it was shoved down our throats. We didn't want it. Nobody wanted any bonus football there. We wanted that game wrapped as quickly as possible to get it off our screen and out of our lives. And yet both teams did everything they could to drag that out with one being declared, quote, a winner. That, that's what we had there. There was 445 total yards of offense in that game. 445. If I'm not mistaken, when the Giants played the Dolphins, the Dolphins put up 524 total yards in 24 minutes. 24 minutes is what it took to put up over 500 yards against this giant defense. And here come the Jets off the bye week, just completely incapable of doing anything. And before you tell me it was raining... Boo-hoo. It rains all the time. 
People deal with weather. It doesn't mean your offense completely stalls, especially against a defense like that. I don't know what to make of that game, Carlin. The coaching on both ends was abysmal. The field goal from an injured kicker late in the game. Like, what is Dable doing? If his kicker's hurt, why is the kicker active? And if the kicker's hurt and active, why are you trotting him out there at the end of the game to kick that? Like, you were well aware he was hurt. That's on you. That's just a, such a day one mistake. It was such a silly, silly mistake. And by the way, it's fourth and one at the 17. You don't think that you can get just one yard to try to, with Saquon Barkley, to try to clear, clear, uh, just close that game out? Honestly. Like, what? what are you thinking in that moment? Like, all right, you didn't want to pay Saquon Barkley long-term money, but you felt like he was good enough to franchise him and to give him a little bit of an enhancement for this coming year, Joe. Why is the guy on the team when you have Tommy DeVito as your quarterback? Like, that should be someone where you could just say, as good as the Jet defense is, you can't tell me that they would not have been able to get one yard on that play. Here's the other thing. It's not as if the field goal puts you up two scores. You're just moving it from three to six. Yeah. Yeah. The Jets need to score a touchdown instead of a field goal to tie it. I get that. But it's not like it's this genius decision where it's, look, look, we could go for the one yard and just put this game away now, but we're going to kick the field goal, go up two scores, and the odds of them scoring once and then getting the onside kick and scoring again, those odds are small. Like, we would be debating that. That's a legitimate debate right there. Brandon Staley goes for it there to ice the game. And if he blows it, we get on him for it. But that's the debate. The idea of, of sending an injured kicker out there in bad weather to ex- to take a one-score game and make it a one-score game. What are you doing? Just put the game away. The Jets' run defense is their weakness on defense. They haven't been great against the run this year. So I don't know. He, he clearly has no faith in his O-line. I can understand that. He doesn't have faith in the quarterback. He didn't want to tr- he didn't want to risk it. So he figures he'll do this and then Zach Wilson will have to go beat him with a touchdown. Well, Zach Wilson made two big plays, two 29-yard completions to somehow get into range for a field goal. They kick the field goal and they go win it in OT. I don't know. I mean, I know Salah was running up and down the sideline, smiling, going nuts. This Jets team, I I mean, every time we see them win one of these games, we have to have this conversation about whether or not they're actually a threat. They're no threat. They're no no threat. I'm I'm tired of them winning because we have to keep talking about them. They're terrible to watch. They came off a bye. They they, they looked awful against a bad opponent coming off a bye. There's not a whole lot there to get excited about. Once again, I point out, they, they nearly lost to Tommy DeVito. Yeah. Like, they should have lost to Tommy DeVito. And I don't care. We talk about the Jet defense all you want. It's, it, it, it's decent. It's not over the top. It's not off the charts. It's good. It's not something that right now is good enough to carry them into the playoffs. And I, I'm somebody that perhaps was overrating that for some time. But I'm, I'm watching that game. And, and Dabo can talk all he wants about how the defense was playing well. What I saw was Zach Wilson handing them sacks left and right. Oh. Like just stringing out plays and not throwing the ball away. And I live in New Jersey. I could hear the state screaming, throw the ball away. Nobody, nobody in their right minds in these situations late in games is holding on to the ball that long. And 
listen, they're not going anywhere with this. They're not going anywhere with this. If you feel like you're in a good uh, setup for the rest of the year, Joe, and we can go in and next year we'll have Aaron Rodgers back, which is a whole other thing. Guess who Captain Attention Seeker was out there throwing again yesterday? Uh, Listen, you can feel good about next year. That's fine. I don't buy it right now. And to me, the Jets are just another also-ran. This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.